Welcome to Making Sense of Parenting. This show is dedicated to helping parents change chaos, confusion, and struggle into calm, clear connections with their kids, all in a way that aligns with their faith. Hey there, I'm your host, Kelly Shoup, helping you navigate the bumpy road of raising kids. Let's dive into today's topic. Is ignorance really bliss? Most parents with young kids would not describe their life every day as blissful. There are so many challenges raising young kids. I get it. I'm a mom. I have three teenagers. Life is not blissful with them. But it's the ignorance part that I have a problem with. And so this phrase came around, ignorance is bliss, in the, I think, the late 1700s. And it has both positive and negative connotations. And in a good way, right, some ignorance is okay if it's something that we can't control and We don't have any ability to have an effect on whatever the thing is that we're ignorant of. And so we don't need to worry about it. It doesn't need to take up any of our energy because, again, we can't control it. So that type of ignorance is bliss is okay. But there's also negative connotations to the phrase. And ignorance is bliss isn't good with parenting because that ignorance keeps parents in misery. So my job over the past 20 years has been helping families and kids and parents live peaceful, connected, harmonious lives that are on purpose for God's purpose for the parents and the kids. And I want it to be as blissful as possible for them. But when parents choose to be ignorant of some of the behaviors and issues and things that come up with their kids, they continue to stay in that miserable state. And it's not good. And the other thing, when parents continue to be ignorant in regard to their kids is that it has ramifications that make it much more difficult. It has consequences that snowball into bigger and bigger things. So when parents are like, yeah, you know, my five-year-old keeps having a fit or this angry outburst or this meltdown, or yes, there's a tantrum three or four times a day, but it's fine. We're going to grow out of that. No, that's not fine. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, I have college degrees, training, 20 years of experience working with hundreds of kids and families. And so a five-year-old having tantrums four or five times a day, that's not okay. That's not normal. That isn't healthy development. There's something going on there. And so parents need to know, like, 
you don't get to stay ignorant about this because this isn't going to get better. In fact, this is going to get worse. And so when we can choose, and it is making a choice for parents a lot of the time. Okay, I know something's going on here. And I don't want to sit in judgment. And I want you to know, I have picked up on things with my own kids and thought, I can't, can't deal with that. Not today. I'm going to see if that behavior, what's going to happen in a week. But I also, if there is something going on, man, I want to address it right then. So I was helping a family this week with a teenager who's cutting herself, self-harm. Oh my goodness. Y'all don't want that. If you've got young kids, that is not a fun place to be. But as I was speaking with the parents, there were so many clues along the way that how this child was dealing with stress, what things, you know, what choices she would have made versus what things her parents thought she should be involved in. And so, again, I just want to encourage you, moms, to if you have a gut sense of something or if you observe something, that is knowledge. And to don't choose to be in that ignorant state of, no, if I just pretend it's not there, it's not there. That doesn't help you in the long run, but I can help you in the short run, long run, any run. I'm here for you and you can choose to get the knowledge. And this is the other thing, right? In today's world, we've got so much knowledge at our fingertip 24-7. So knowledge is power, right? Here's another thing. In my world, no. I would say knowledge is nothing unless you have application. You have action steps to help you get to a different outcome, a different result, a better behavior, a better connection with your kid for this 15-year-old who is cutting herself a different way to deal with the pressures and stresses of high school life. So again, we have to have both. We have to have the knowledge, but if you've read 15 parenting books and 34 blogs and you've taken Love and Logic and this course and that course and you have tons of knowledge, but you don't have a way to figure out how to make sense of that knowledge and how it would work for your particular child at this particular age and stage, then you don't have a way to put it into action that is effective, that gets you to a better place, that gets you to bliss, which is my goal for you, (laughs) to love parenting and to enjoy your kids and for them to know My mom loves to spend time with me. My mom lights up when I'm with her in the evening. And I see so much of the opposite of that. There's a heaviness, there's a anxiety, and there's frustration, and there's chaos, and there's conflict, and there's tension. There's all this stuff going on, but none of it's bliss. So let's get you to a better place. It is absolutely doable. And moms, you have all that knowledge in your head about the clues about this kid and when they do that and what makes them mad about that. But 
a lot of times what I bring to the table is just pulling those bits of knowledge out because they're all up there, but you don't, they're kind of jumbled around in your head. You don't know exactly what to do, or maybe you've done 10 different things and none of them have worked or they've worked for two days and then your kids resisted like 10 times worse. And you're like, okay, just going to give up. Just going back to ignorance is bliss. I'm just going to pretend like I don't see their bad behavior. I don't see that problem at school. I don't see that thing that's going on. No, we can choose to get the knowledge, get support, and get ways to easily approach and apply action steps to get to a better place. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about the one thing that can shift everything in your parenting game. And it's amazing. And most parents have immediate relief and they're like, oh my goodness, I never would have thought of that. I never would have, you know, they have, so you don't know what you don't know and that's okay. But I'm here to tell you some info. So you're going to know a little bit. And then you can get the help that you need to get to that more blissful state. Okay. The one thing is knowing about your sensory system. Some parents have never heard of it. Some people are like, yeah, I know about my senses. There's five of them. Taste, touch, smell, hearing. We're good. Okay. There's actually eight. And this is a thing that I have a college degree behind is understanding a person's sensory system. Why does it matter? Why if obviously I've never heard of it and, you know, a parent might say, I'm 38, never heard of the sensory system. I'm fine. Why do I need to know about it now? Well, our world today is with technology, with less movement, with more processed food and less general health and well-being for humans overall. Humans are, I would say, very much more dysregulated. Our nervous systems, we're a little bit more on edge. You can read the paper, all the things that are happening, violence and, you know, a fight breaks out on an airplane. What? Why? Well, it's about keeping calm, registering, regulating our nervous system. But the first piece of that always is the sensory system. The sensory system is how our senses register information from the environment. The sensory system is a part of the nervous system. It's, in fact, the first part. And so how we register information through our senses matters. And it matters so much because every person has a sensitivity or two in one of our senses that can make us a little irritable, that can cause us to be overloaded in our nervous system if we've had too much exposure to this particular sense. For me, it's hearing. If I am at a loud, noisy event, for whatever reason, God made my brain that I don't really filter out a lot of noise. And so it's exhausting to me. So if I'm not aware of that, then 
I can be grumpy and I can do certain things. But since I know it, I can set myself up better. With young kids, their sensory system is changing a lot. And their whole, all the systems in their body are changing a lot from birth to eight. Oh my goodness. Like they grow so big. They learn to talk. They learn to walk. They learn to eat. They learn to zip their coat. Like they have tons of stuff going on. And so there's a lot of little hiccups or glitches in the system, right? And a lot of it happens in the sensory system and how their bodies take in information from the environment And it leads to a bunch of what parents would call bad behavior. But when parents know, okay, they're young, they have a sensory system. This is their body's way of taking in information from the environment. What do I need to do to help them? And so again, it's knowing this about your child and also knowing it about you, knowing it about your spouse. What's the one thing that is going to drive my spouse nuts if he has to do this particular thing with my child and to not make him do that because then he'll be a much better spouse, more agreeable, more kind, more loving, all of that. And so we can get to a more blissful state if we learn about that sensory system. So A lot of times I will have a parent ask, well, again, okay, like the sensory system, I learned a couple things. Okay, now you've told me it's part of the nervous system, but okay, whatever. Well, here's the thing is that our sensory system is the first part of how a human processes information and it leads to motor output. So Our brain actually is a bunch of nervous tissue and our body is covered with nerve receptors, like invisible little things that are going to receive a signal, a message. So let's say somebody pokes me in my arm. Now, my body's going to feel it. My arm's going to feel it. It's going to momentarily send a signal up to my brain and my brain is going to be figuring out what kind of a touch was that? And how does it process and interpret the information that the nerve receptor brought? And then how does that integration, processing, all of that, it creates motor output. So from bringing the message, the signal in and processing it, there's a reaction and an output and a result that I'm going to do. So if somebody pokes me in the arm, I might register it as affection. And so it might feel good to me. In my brain, I might be thinking, oh, well, this is so nice. I loved them touching me on my arm. So my motor output could be I smile or I say hello or I'm positive or maybe I'm putting my arms up to possibly give a hug. So that sensory sends a signal that causes something. So again, once parents understand, oh, the sense is what they take in, ooh, that's what's causing this behavior in my child. That's what's causing this behavior from me when I lose it, when I snap, when I'm about to throttle my child. Maybe it's the child, but maybe it's a parent and they're having a sensitivity in one of their senses. 
So it's again, understanding this. Okay. So that touch on the arm, what if I registered it not as a good thing? Maybe it was a punch. Maybe it wasn't a touch or a tap. Maybe it was like a punch, a hit that hurt. So again, the nerve receptors are going to, it landed on my arm, sends it right up to the brain, processes it, figures out, was that a good thing or a bad thing? And if it was a punch or if it was meant to be hurtful, maybe my safety system, my fight or flight nervous system is going to be like, ooh, I need to be on guard. Or I better get my hands up. Like I'm going to have to fight back. So what's going on? What's that motor output, that reaction going to be? And that reaction is the behavior that a lot of parents interpret from their kids as bad behavior, but it can simply be a glitch or a hiccup or a little weakness in their sensory system because they are young and they have so many changes going on underneath the skin of their body. So many. And parents, you don't. You're already fully formed. Your brain's fully mature. Like you're all there. But your child over there, they've got so much chaotic stuff going on inside their body. It would blow your mind. And so they aren't meaning to be bad. They aren't meaning to annoy you. They aren't trying to manipulate you. They're trying to deal with the signals that are coming in from the environment and how they register with their body in the best way that they know how. And a lot of times they need help. When we know this, again, we can show up differently. And this is where parents have this immediate relief. Oh, it's not about me. This is about a bodily thing. And what's unique about me and how I help parents is that understanding of the body and healthy brain development, the ages, the stages, the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons, all of it. Most parents don't know, but the average doctor and the average teacher, they don't take any, they don't have any instruction on what healthy brain development looks like, what, when, how, none, they got nothing. But that's my job is to know and to give you the knowledge so you're not staying in ignorance and then you've got easy action steps to get you to a better outcome, a better result to get you to bliss. So I'm trained in all the steps. I'm also, I'm trained in the body, body set, how important that body is. But the other unique thing is the skill set. We've got to figure out what are the tiny, tiny steps, the little bitty skills that you need to have as a parent to help your child get to a better behavior, get to a better place, get to a better ability to perform a certain thing so that meltdown doesn't happen. So that frustration from not being able to ride their bike by themselves or tie their shoe or do whatever they really want to do, that doesn't happen because I'm able to give you simple, easy to apply steps to get your child to a different place and also get you to a different place. What skills do you need help with? How can I set you up for success in your evening routine? Or the weekend, a Saturday morning that has lots of moving parts. That's my job. Okay, the one thing that changes everything 
is understanding that sensory system. I want to give you some ways of understanding what sensory overload could look like. And the reason I want you to know just a few of these is to understand, oh, I do have this going on in my house. Okay, this isn't normal. This isn't healthy development. And I don't have to stay here. So for that parent who was saying, okay, well, my five-year-old's having four or five tantrums a day, they shouldn't be. There's something else going on. You do not have to accept that behavior. You shouldn't. We should be figuring out what is going on because that is not healthy, age-appropriate, developmentally okay to be having that many tantrums a day. So sensory overload can look like lots of different things. It can look like, again, for me, exhaustion after going to a really noisy event. It can look like I'm grumpy. I'm pretty short. And I'll have to prep my kids and say, you know what? Okay, we are going to go to the volleyball tournament to watch my daughter Catherine play. I can't go to all eight of her games in this noisy gym. I got to go to two. So I got to tell her, I'm going to come to two of your games. I got to tell her younger sister, we're going to stay for two games. Probably after the first game, I'm going to be a little grumpy. I don't want to be, but it's just my body's way of saying, this is too much. I can't handle it, but I'm able to articulate and express that, right? And a lot of times a young child can't, they can't put to words what's going on inside their body, which is this doesn't feel right. Like this is exhausting. I'm about to just drown in this something that's making my body feel overwhelmed. And so young kids will get very strong alarm bells going off. Something's like, you know, something's wrong, something's wrong, but they don't have the words and the mental capacity to voice it to parents. So it comes out in a behavior that sometimes looks like bad behavior. But when parents can get curious and get with somebody like me who can talk through those clues, we can quickly, again, so fast, get you to a much better place. And you understand this isn't personal. This isn't about your parenting ability. This isn't about any of that. This is about a bodily response for your young child and helping them get through this period of growth, this age and stage, and giving them the support that they need so they feel safe. So the alarms don't go off in their body. So for me, the alarms start going off after one volleyball game. But I stick it out for two, but then I prep my kids like, I'm going to be grumpy in the car. And then when we get home, like, I'm going to need an hour of silence. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to walk the dog. I'm just going to reset my system, get back to that calm, A-OK, everything feels good, no alarm bells going off. And then I'm like, okay, we're good. This is good. So Sensory overload can look like grumpiness. It can look like a sudden mood shift. A lot of times their parent will say, everything was totally fine. And then I turned around and I had a screaming, 
flopping around on the floor. Like, I don't know where my child went and what just happened. Like there was an alien invasion and I missed it. That could be sensory overload. Again, just they've reached the limit too much, can't handle it. So a sudden mood change, shutting down, a child who runs out of the room, a child who blocks their eyes, a child who is putting their fingers in the ears. Like this would be me. Like, please stop with all the noise. It's just too much. It can look by, look like crying. It can look like having a meltdown, uh, flopping around on the floor. It can really look like screaming, miserable, like all of a sudden there is something that this child is unhinged. And again, 30 seconds earlier, no problem. It can look like a panic attack. It can look like rudeness. So it might be a child who is sensitive in their smell, who is maybe around an older relative who has perfume on that is making a child nauseated. And so this child is like, no way. I'm not hugging grandma. Nope. Nope. Because I'm, you know, some kids, they're like, I'm really about to throw up. They don't articulate that. But I can tell by looking at them, like that sense of smell and the sense of smell kind of avoids the thalamus or kind of the traditional path in our brain. And it's because that olfactory or smell sense is the oldest primitive one. And so that smell sense can send some kids ballistic in no time. But it can look like rudeness or the grandma's thinking, no, that kid is so bratty. That kid doesn't like me. I'm like, no, that child has a sensitivity to your perfume. But once that's fixed, once we figure that out, that connection can happen, right? And that's what I'm always all about, that connection that you have with your kids, the way your kids connect with others. And understanding the sensory system allows for us to show up differently so we can connect. We have to connect before we correct. We have to connect before we direct. We have to connect before we can influence. And so I'm all about ways for you to connect well and to understand the best way to do that and to get the clues and the knowledge and then put it into easy action steps to get that outcome. Okay, avoiding eye contact, refusing to hug somebody, refusing to show up, not wanting to go to a friend's, not wanting to play outside, shushing, constantly requesting for the radio in the car to be turned down, for the volume of the TV to be turned down, to not want to be around kids who move a lot, to not want to go on the merry-go-round because you have a sensitivity in your movement sense. So all of these things could be indications that your kids are overloaded or if they don't want to go, that they figured out, I don't want to ride on that merry-go-round. That is like one turnaround is going to be too much for my system and I can't handle it. And so when we know these things about our kids, about ourselves, we can show up differently. And when we show up differently, everybody does better. There's more bliss. So I had two families. So 
I'm in Dallas, Texas. Spring break was just over for most schools around here. I had one family that I'd been helping for a while. They traveled with four kids. We were able to come up with some really good strategies and success plans for them to be set up for success, all the different things that they wanted to do when they were away. Talk to the mom. She was like, we had the best vacation we've ever had. And it was because they understood that these sensory system things, like it's not it's not anybody trying to be difficult. Like this is just how uniquely God made them. And so we can deal with it. I also had another family who has just started with me and they're kind of in that, no, we're just going to stay ignorant. We're fine. And so they traveled miserable. I got a text from the dad last night. He was like, the worst experience, total waste of money. And next year, like, no, I'm, we're going to stay at home. And, and it made me so sad because the mom had the right idea. I know she had, I mean, she told me, she was like, my gut has been telling me we can do this differently, but they didn't. And so I just want you to know if you have that intuition, if you have that nudge, like there's a better way, there's got to be a better way than these five tantrums a day for my five-year-old, you're right. There is a better way for sure. In so many different ways that I can give you the support, the knowledge, the steps, the easy to apply, simple, simple steps that are going to get you to a different place. I want to tell you quickly, the easiest way that I feel like is the safest way for parents to work with me. And that is to join my monthly membership. It's at a price point of $49. So I feel like it's very doable. And it's safe. It's safe space. You can access lots of my OT brain and the things that I do working with families for the past 20 years. You can get access to this information and things that you can do with your kids and your household immediately. You can get that information off my portal 24-7. The group coaching calls that I have on Thursdays, you can listen and you can just show up. You don't, you don't even have to ask anything, but other moms will be talking about their situation. And a lot of times you'll learn But if that doesn't feel safe for you, if you're like, oh, I've had a busy week, I don't have anything prepared, I don't know what to do, I don't know what I'd ask about, you can show up and listen, or you can get it later, because I'm going to put a recording of the call on the portal also. So you can just learn, oh, okay, here would be something a parent could ask. Here's something I could ask about. Oh, I've got a picky eater thing. There's ways that you can get knowledge about ways to help your kids and also get those easy action steps. Because if you listen to the recording, I'm telling a mom, I would do A, B, and C. And then next week, come back. Did that work? Because if it didn't, I'm going to give you A, B, C. I'm going to give you D, E, and F. Because I've got a whole arsenal of 20 years of hundreds of kids and parents and families and different ways to do things. And so I'm going to help you get to a better place, but you don't have to be in the hot seat. You don't have to feel under pressure. Again, I want to 
be so conscientious about it being safe and knowing this is space where you can come in and sit and learn. And if you need a little bit of time to figure out what's going to work for you or a specific thing about your family, you are in a safe space to do it with me. I'm not going to judge you. I had a mom who I, she left my membership and I Venmoed her because she didn't feel like she got some of the things, the questions answered that she wanted. And I was like, I'm going to send your money back. And she was like, well, I didn't ever really ask any questions. And I was like, I don't, I don't care. I, I picked up that there was just some, um, she felt like she didn't get what she came for. And I'm like, I want you to be, feel like supported. I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel seen. I want you to know there is space for you here. Any spot that you are. Some moms come in and they're like, oh, I got to go. I can't really deal with this now. I hear you. I know these steps like for this particular moment. I can't deal. That's okay. All of that is okay. I'm not going to should you to death. I'm not going to expect you to be any place that you're not. I just want you to know that you can have support here and you can have help that is in ways that helping moms and parents and families for 20 years are ways that work. I had a mom who told me, she said, why are you, why do you keep being so nice to me? Why do you keep letting me just be in this space and not do anything? And I said, that's okay. So she was bringing with, you know, she had no ability based on how she was raised in her childhood. She experienced something so different with her parent. And so just the acceptance and no judgment and just sitting with her, that felt so discomfortable to her. She was so uncomfortable with just somebody being okay with exactly who she was right here, right now with her six kids. And I was like, I get it. I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm not going to give you a hard time, but I've got lots of ways to help you when you're ready. And so moms, you don't have to do it alone. And if you're ready, if you want to take that first baby step, remember I'm all about, I'm trained in the baby step, the skills, the teeny tiny ones. I'm here for you. So understand that sensory system is so incredibly key. You can, on my Instagram at Kelly K. Shoup, in my link tree, you've got access to a free sensory profile. You're going to figure out what senses you're sensitive to. You're going to read it and fill it out about your kids. It's not very long. Few questions to answer. Check off. Okay, I've got this. For me, it would be, oh yeah, I can't be in noisy gyms forever. It drives me nuts. It's like that. You'll fill it out. You'll learn a little bit of stuff. And you don't have to stay in the ignorance. And then you can come find me to get those easy to apply action steps to get you to a better place. Good luck. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, please share it with a friend and be sure and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. Reviews are always appreciated. As a reminder, my show is also on YouTube. In YouTube, search for Kelly K. Shoup. That's K-E-L-L-Y-K-S-H-O-U-P. 
Be sure to click the subscribe button and hit the bell for all notifications. To learn more about my work, helping families, or to contact me, go to kellykshoop.com. Again, that's kellykshoop.com. Thanks so much 